All right. Go with me, please, to Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. The, the, the passage of scripture that I want to draw your attention to this morning is, is uh, found in the book of Matthew, chapter 24. And we're going to read verse 14, and then we'll give you the context. Matthew 24, 14. Let's read this together, please. And this gospel of the kingdom. And this gospel. Say this gospel. Of the kingdom. Will be preached. In all the world. As a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. I mean, that is spoken with authority. It's spoken with, with certainty. Uh, there, there is no room for ambiguity there. It's very clear. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached. In all the world. First of all, let me say, what a, what a wonderful promise. What a wonderful hope. What a wonderful promise. What a source of joy for those of us who are in Christ, who are saved, and who knows what this gospel is capable of doing in the life of a man or woman who is lost. Here is a promise from the master himself. That no matter what happens, and, and there, there are a lot of things happening that would suggest that somehow we're losing ground. But Jesus Christ, the King, declared more than 2,000 years ago that this is certain. Now, you can participate in that or you cannot, but whether we participate or not, God has a people God will always have a people who will preach this gospel of the kingdom in all the world as a witness to all the nations. He has called us to be a part of that. Remember the vision he's given us as a family, as a church, as a ministry. Win the loss at all costs. Make as many disciples for Christ as you possibly can in your generation. A vision of a world where no one will live or die without Christ. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached. He declared it. And I want to think 2,000 years ago when he was declaring that, he knew he would have people such as you who would be instruments, vehicles, through whom this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world. To all nations, every ethnicity, every race, every color, will hear this gospel of the kingdom. And only then, after this gospel has been preached to all the world, only then the end will come. He's committed to this. And I want to remind us that we're called to partner with him, to cooperate with his spirit, to be a part of the process by which this prophecy will be fulfilled. I believe that one of the reasons he raised us up as a church called me as a minister, called you to be a part of Harvest, is to fulfill this prophecy. We are part of something he is doing. This thing is bigger than me and you and our own needs. Thank God he meets our needs. But this is much bigger than this. This is about the kingdom of God and the gospel being proclaimed throughout the world. 
And that's why this month we have been emphasizing this assignment from heaven that has been given to us as a church, as a ministry, and as individuals. May we hear anew his voice. May we make a fresh commitment to the task. And like never before, may we become the instruments that he can use to fulfill this. There's nothing more important than this right now happening on the face of the earth. It's more important than what we're hearing about Mar-a-Lago. Mar Mar it says Mar-a-Lago, Mar whatever you call it. More important. I mean, 24-7, that's all you hear on the news. Everywhere you turn, boop, boop, boop. Brother, this is what they should be hearing. If only we were as committed to, to proclaiming this gospel of the kingdom as they are in discussing and proclaiming what they want to proclaim. But our mouths are shut. Too often our pocketbooks are shut. And we're not focused on what Christ is focused on. Church, let's arise. Let's be part of what God is doing. Let's make first things first. Nothing is happening right now in the world that is more important than this gospel of the kingdom being preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. That's why we cannot be content with just what we're doing here. Thank God for what we're doing here. But even as we do what we have to do here, and we must preach the gospel here too, we have to have an eye for the nations. Jesus made this statement. Again, we don't have the time to go through the context, but if you read from verse 1 and all the way to verse 14, you get the context of this particular verse. And, and, and it began when he, when he prophesied that the temple in Jerusalem, the disciples pointed to the temple, this, this huge, massive structure that had been there for over 400 plus years. They pointed to it and Jesus said, you see that temple? It's going to be completely destroyed and not a stone will be left. After 400 something years, after Jesus said that, less than 40 years after that, the Romans completely destroyed the temple. You see, the king knows the future. And when the king speaks, what he says will come to pass. This same king has said that this gospel, oh my goodness, what hope we have today. You know, you look at the world sometimes and you want to become discouraged sometimes when you hear the news and watch CNN and, and, and MSNBC and Fox News. But I am encouraged this morning by the fact that he said, in spite of wars and rumors of wars, and my goodness, we're hearing about them. In spite of famine, and my goodness, we're hearing about that. In spite of natural disasters, and my goodness, we're hearing about that. He said, in spite of all of those things that will surely be a part of the history of this world, he said there will be tribulation, there will be persecution, we will be arrested, there will be hatred. Men, he said, they will hate us as Christians. And we already see it's happening in many parts of the world and, and even here, it's clear where we're headed. But in spite of all of that, my heart is full of faith and hope and, and I'm excited. Because in the midst of all this darkness, the light will shine. And the gospel of the kingdom will be preached. It must be preached. Because that's the only way men can be saved. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. 
Hallelujah. Say this gospel of the kingdom will be preached. By who? Not by angels. You know, Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah had this wonderful, wonderful revelation. He saw the glory of the Lord filling the temple and he became aware of his own uncleanness and he cried out. He said, I'm a man of unclean lips. I live among a people with unclean lips. And then the, the seraphim, the angels went and got a hot coal off the altar and placed it upon his lips and said, now that this has touched your lips, you have been cleansed. Your lips have been clean. You have been made righteous. Your iniquity have been removed. And then Isaiah said, heard the Lord say, who will go for us? Who will send? There were angels there, seraphim and angels, but his plan is not that angels will preach the gospel. Who will be the instruments by whom this gospel will be fulfilled? It's not the angels. It's we. It's you. It's I. Who will go for us? And Isaiah said, here am I. Lord, send me. Would you raise your hand and by faith just say, Lord, here am I. Lord, send me. Who will go? We. Who will pray? We. Who will give? We will. We will be the instruments by whom he works. If we are willing, he will use us. Lord, I claim the grace to be willing this morning for myself and for these, your people. Whatever it is in us that has hindered us, prevented us from preaching, from praying, from giving to support this mission, Lord, we ask for grace to overcome those things in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. But there's an important question that I must answer. What is this gospel of the kingdom? And I've come to realize that we can no longer assume anymore that these questions are, are, are understood and, and clearly answered and that the answers are obvious. Because I was communicating with someone recently that I was sure uh, we would be able to have an agreement concerning this gospel of the kingdom only to find out that no his understanding of the gospel of the kingdom and my understanding of the gospel of the kingdom are quite different and this is not a stranger I'm talking about and then I decided you know I would listen to someone that I think you know Miles Monroe, because he did a lot of teaching on the kingdom. I wanted to hear what he was teaching because I kind of felt this person was being in part influenced by him. And, and you know, Miles is late right now, and thank God for his life and his ministry. He did a great job in teaching and preaching, but I was listening to some of the things he was saying concerning the kingdom. I was shocked. And I could understand why people who I believe are, are heavily influenced by the teaching of the kingdom from his perspective can have such difficulty with what we call the gospel of grace. Because in this message, as I heard him preach, he said the good news, the only good news is the good news of the kingdom. That the reason church is boring is because we're preaching Calvary. We're preaching the resurrection. We're preaching Jesus. Uh, people don't want to hear about no blood in the boardrooms. Uh, 
we ought to preach the kingdom. Jesus didn't preach himself, he said. Jesus preached the kingdom. The good news, he said, is the kingdom of God. It's not preaching Christ. It's not preaching the resurrection. It's not preaching Calvary. Jesus didn't preach himself. And he was sharing how he was sharing these things in a, in a, in a, in a meeting with many I think, clergy and learned people, as he said, and somebody raised their hand and said, wait a minute, uh, I disagree. Because Paul said, we preach Christ crucified. And then he said, well, 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 that was Paul, not Jesus. So now, Paul's message is Paul's message and Jesus' message is Jesus' message and Jesus preached the kingdom and Paul, in fact, he went on to say that Satan actually deceived the church, the early church, in preaching many good things about Calvary, about resurrection, those are good things. But he got, he deceived them instead of preaching the kingdom. Yeah, that was my reaction. You see, because here, here's the situation. You know, we, we accuse the liberals today who look at scripture and they read scripture and scripture declares certain things and then they dismiss it because they got some other revelation. So to hear not a liberal, because this is not a liberal, this is a, a, a man of God I still respect, but to hear him saying that and to hear some others who I'm sure influenced by his teaching also now try to make a distinction between Paul's teaching and that of Jesus breaks my heart because Paul in, his, in, his, in the scriptures, Paul said the things that I said to you and I preach, I did not receive this from man. He said, I, re, I delivered to you what I received from the Lord. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he says, this is what I received. Jesus died. Jesus was resurrected. Amen. And then, there we go. Let's read it. Moreover, brother, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you, re, you received, in which you stand. Verse, go on. By which also you are saved. This gospel by which you are what? Saved. If you hold fast that word which I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. Verse 3. For I delivered to you first of all that which I what? Also received. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Next verse. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Paul says this is the gospel by which you are saved. And someone says that's Paul. And Paul's teachings are not on par with Jesus's. You see, here's the fact. Jesus did preach the gospel of the kingdom. But the mistake that he made and that others are making, and they're using this often to resist the gospel of grace, is that they fail to see that it is one gospel, not two or three. You read the scriptures, and when you read the scriptures, you find sometimes the gospel is called the gospel of joy. Other times it's called the gospel of Jesus Christ. Other times it's called the gospel of God. Other times it's called the gospel of the kingdom of God. Amen. And so you have the, so many different references. 
is each reference using a different uh, expression defining another gospel? How many gospels do we have? My brothers, my sisters, there's only one gospel. And you can call it the gospel of the kingdom. You can call it the gospel of the grace of God. You can call it the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can call it the gospel of God. You can call it the gospel of joy. You can call it by different names. And every time you call it by a particular name, you're simply emphasizing a particular aspect of the gospel. So when you say the gospel of joy, you're talking about the joy that the gospel produces when you hear it. When you call it the gospel of peace, you're calling it the peace the gospel produces when you hear it. When you call it the gospel of God, you're, you're talking about the one who has revealed and given us this gospel. When you call it the gospel of the kingdom of God, you're talking about a gospel that ushers us into the kingdom of God. And it is the gospel that proclaims the king. Listen to me. He said Jesus didn't preach himself. Jesus preached the kingdom. Jesus didn't preach himself. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one can come unto the Father except by me. Jesus said, I am the vine. You are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me shall never die. He says, he who has the Son or he who believes the Son has life. He who does not believe the Son, he who does not have the Son, the wrath of God abides upon him. And we could go on and on and on. How do you say Jesus didn't preach himself? Yes, Jesus preached the kingdom of God. But the question is, what was the content of the gospel of the kingdom? And I declare to you, from A to Z, when they preached the good news of the kingdom, they were preaching Christ. You see, there's no good news of the kingdom without the king. Here is the fact. The kingdom is only as good as the king. If the king is weak, the kingdom is weak. If the king is wicked, the kingdom is wicked. So the kingdom is only good because of the nature of the king. Oh, hallelujah. And so we are proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom when we are preaching Christ. When we are preaching the king and we're declaring the greatness and the goodness of the king. We're declaring the grace and the glory of the king as we proclaim Christ. Amen. His death, his burial, his resurrection on behalf of sinners as we proclaim that the king is good, the king is great, the king is glorious, the king is gracious. Amen. As we proclaim the good news of the king, we are proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. And we're saying to sinners who are lost, unsaved, doomed, the king welcomes you into his kingdom. The kingdom is here. And the good news is that the king is accepting, bringing into the kingdom all those men and women who are sinners, who are lost, who are condemned, who by their own works could never become a citizen of this kingdom. The good news is the king has opened the door and he's given an invitation to all men Women, boys, and girls who are lost, it is the Father's good pleasure for you to enter the kingdom. And I am now inviting you into the kingdom. Apart from works, by grace, by grace, sinners, by grace, sinners, because of the goodness and the grace of the king, you can now enter into the kingdom of God and become a citizen of the kingdom and come under the protection of the king. This is good news because the only place of protection is in the kingdom 
under the protection of the king. Everywhere else is doomed to be destroyed. Jesus said, the end had not yet come. When you read the passage in Matthew 25, he says all of these things will happen. Tribulation, war, rumors of war, famine, uh, hatred, betrayal. He says, but the end has not yet come. But the end will come. That is certain. This world is passing away. This world will be destroyed. It's doomed. The only way of escape from the certainty of damnation and doom is to become a citizen of the kingdom and come under the protection of the king. The good news is you don't have to perish with this world because the kingdom is now being made available to you and the king is accepting all those who will place their faith in him. So you can escape the wrath that is to come. <laughs> you see, here's, here's the truth. Jesus did preach the kingdom of God. Jesus did send his disciples to preach the kingdom of God. And in the book of Acts, they did preach the kingdom of God. And in Paul's writings, he did preach the kingdom of God. He says that, that we have been translated from the kingdom of darkness, brought into the kingdom of his son. He said the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. But this is what I believe there, people have missed. And I don't want you to miss it. Listen to me. Jesus himself said to his disciples, I have things to say to you that I can't say to you now. Are you hearing me? Which meant there was a whole bunch of revelation concerning the kingdom that had to wait until his death, burial, and resurrection and the coming of the Holy Spirit for him to begin to give them understanding of the kingdom. And so Jesus preached the kingdom, and those who, who say Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom are right. Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom. But before his death, burial, and resurrection, what he preached was incomplete. And so after his resurrection, the Bible says he spent 40 days on this earth. He gathered his disciples together, and he continued to preach to them about the kingdom. And then he called and chose the Apostle Paul and began to preach and teach Paul. Now go to Acts 20, 24, because I want you to see, I want you to see what happened in Acts 20, 24. Hallelujah. Acts 20, 24. This is Paul. Let's read it together. But none of these things move me nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to do what? To testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Now, Jesus said this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to all the world and then the end shall come, right? And then Jesus calls Paul and says, Paul, I want you to preach the gospel of the grace of God. Is that another gospel or is that the same gospel of the kingdom? You make a mistake when you make it two different gospels. Otherwise, Jesus said, preach the gospel of the kingdom and then he gave Paul something else to preach. No. He is now, that which was incomplete has, is being made complete. When you preach the gospel of the grace of God, you are proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. That the king is gracious and the king has made a way for all men to enter the kingdom and become citizens of the kingdom by grace through faith. Go to Matthew 28, verse 30 and verse 31. Acts 28, excuse me. Acts 28, 30 to 31. Are you still here? 
Acts 28, 30 and 31. Let's read this. Paul was in prison. He was in prison in Rome. And this is, this, these, these are the last two verses of the book of Acts. Let's read together. Then Paul dwelt two whole years in his own rented house and received all who came to him. Preaching. So what was Paul doing? Preaching. But wait a minute. What did Jesus give Paul to preach? The gospel of the grace of God. So Paul was given by Jesus to preach the gospel of the grace of God. And here, the Bible says Paul was preaching the kingdom of God. Therefore, when you're preaching the kingdom of God, you're preaching the gospel of the grace of Jesus. When you're preaching the gospel of the grace of God, you are preaching the gospel of the kingdom. The good news of the kingdom proclaims. And then notice, and teaching the things which what? So when you're preaching the kingdom, what are you doing? You are teaching the things concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. Then how do you say that Jesus didn't tell us to preach him, we should preach the kingdom? That preaching the kingdom is somehow different. You're proclaiming the kingdom when you're proclaiming Jesus Christ is Lord. And how do you know he's Lord? God raised him from the dead. So you proclaim the resurrection. When you're proclaiming the resurrection, you're proclaiming the kingdom. When you're proclaiming the lordship of Jesus, you're proclaiming the kingdom. When you proclaim the grace of God, you're proclaiming the kingdom. When you're telling men, this is how you're saved. You believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. You confess Jesus as Lord or King. You're preaching the kingdom. Hear me, people, there's only one message. And if you look at every message that the apostles preach in the book of Acts, you will see that at, from the beginning to the middle to the end, they preach Jesus. Jesus, 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 his death, his burial, his resurrection, his grace, his mercy, his power, his authority. It was all Jesus. When you preach Jesus and you proclaim who he is and you proclaim what he has done, and you proclaim his goodness and his graciousness, you are proclaiming the kingdom of God. If you take Jesus out of the message, nothing you say has any authority or power or meaning. You are preaching rubbish no matter how eloquent you sound. If Jesus is not at the center, if the death, burial, and resurrection is not at the core of your message, you are preaching nonsense. And a gospel that does not include the blood cannot save. You preach the kingdom, you say nobody wants to hear about no blood, then you, you by which I nearly cussed. Thank God I'm saved. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Come on, raise your head. Thank God for Jesus. Amen. And I believe that's why God gave Dina the prophecy that God gave her. Because this was the message about the king, Jesus. That's why she was, that was, the prophecy was all about Jesus. Now you can talk about things that will impress men. So you go into boardrooms and you leave Jesus out and you... And you, and you preach about all of the kingdom and all of the principles of the kingdom and the laws of the kingdom and, and, and you leave Jesus out? That's not the gospel. That's another gospel which is no gospel. You know, they talk about hyper grace. That's hyper kingdom. And listen to what Paul said. Paul said, and go, go to Acts, go to Galatians 1, please. Amen. Show me the, the scriptures I gave you there for Galatians chapter 1. I want you to see what Paul had to say. Because you know when Paul went to Galatia, he preached Christ. He preached the grace of who? Christ. 
He says, I marvel that you're turning away so soon from him who what? Called you where? You see, that's what the gospel of the kingdom does. It calls you into what? The grace of Christ. If it's not calling you into the grace of Christ, it is not the gospel of the kingdom. To what? A different gospel. Next verse. Which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to what? Pervert the gospel of Christ. So all of a sudden now the gospel of the kingdom is the only true gospel and you shouldn't be preaching Jesus? And when you say, oh, Paul, no, no, Paul, Paul is not Jesus. We're talking about Jesus, not Paul. I thought all scripture is inspired of God. Go on to the other verses that I gave you there, please, in Galatians. Watch this. But even if we, let's read this one together. But even if we, or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we, we who? Paul. So he's really talking about himself. Then I have preached to you. Let him what? Hmm. Read the next one. Paul is serious. And we have said before, and so now I say again, if anyone preaches, then what you have received, let him be. So you, you are not wrong to call the gospel you preach the gospel of the kingdom. Just make sure that that gospel of the kingdom is the gospel that Paul preached. Are you hear me? Paul said twice. Brother, <laughs> any man will be a fool after what Paul said to mess with the gospel that Paul preached. You're, you're treading on dangerous ground when you say the gospel Paul preached is really not the gospel. That, that, that's just Paul? Brother, Paul spoke a double curse under the anointing recorded in scripture. You should be afraid. All of you who, you know, grace is not this, grace is not that. This, this, this. Be afraid, oh. Because that is serious stuff. No, 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 no curse coming on me. Especially not one spoken by the Apostle Paul under the anointing of the Holy Ghost that is in Scripture. You're afraid of the curses pronounced by your ancestors? You better be. While you wax eloquent, you better be. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached. What is the gospel of the kingdom? The gospel is the kingdom. It's the good news concerning the king. Hallelujah. Who the king is, his grace, his mercy, his goodness, his power. Amen. The fact that today he is given to all an opportunity to escape the wrath that is to come, to become citizens of the kingdom and to receive from him, the king, the protection, the provision that he is so willing to supply. Now let me end with this. Go to Acts chapter 8. I want to, I could show you so many, many scriptures, but let me just end with this. Go to Acts chapter 8 because I want you to see the content. Hallelujah. Because, again, I told you, you can look at all the scriptures, the sermons that are recorded in the book of Acts. Go to, if you want to, just look at Peter's sermon on Acts chapter, in Acts chapter 2. 
the day of Pentecost. We, we don't have time. But you go there. Peter was preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And throughout that, he preached Jesus. He said, this one who you crucified, God has raised up. And God has declared that he's both Lord. And are you following me? He proclaimed the resurrection, the death, the resurrection, and the lordship of Jesus Christ. That is preaching the kingdom. Let's read. This one is Philip. Philip was preaching the gospel in Samaria. Let's read. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. What was the word? Philip went down to the city of Samaria and did what? Did what? Was he preaching the gospel of the kingdom? And when he preached the gospel of the kingdom, who, what was his message? Jesus didn't preach himself. <laughs> the disciples didn't preach Christ. The gospel of the kingdom of God is the only true gospel. And it's different from preaching Christ, preaching Jesus, preaching the resurrection, preaching the grace of God. He did what? Preach Christ to them. Okay? And multitudes with one accord he did the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Unclean spirits cried with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. Thank God. And there was what? Great joy. That's why the gospel is, was sometimes called the gospel of joy. Because when Christ is preached and Christ is allowed to work, in our midst on the basis of grace through faith, he does all kinds of things in our lives that produce great joy in our hearts. All right, go on. But there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria claiming that he was someone great. Satan has power. It's just not anything compared to the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the king of kings. This man amazed the people because under the power of Satan, he did all kinds of, the Bible calls it false miracles. Go on. To whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, this man it was, it was before Philip came, before Philip came and started preaching Christ, they were all giving heed to this man. But when they heard Philip, go on, verse 11, and they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. But, say but. Say but. When they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning what? Wait a minute. We read earlier, what did Philip preach in verse 5? He preached Christ. Now, this is the commentary on what he preached. And Paul, uh, the actors say, when he preached Christ, he was preaching things concerning the kingdom of God. When you preach Christ, you are preaching things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached. Church harvesters, we're called to preach this gospel. We're called to preach Christ and him crucified. We're called to preach the death, the burial, and the res resurrection of Jesus. We're called to preach that he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And if you will submit to him as your Lord, he will save you from your sins. That you, no matter how sinful you are today, and I'm giving an appeal right now to you who are watching online and to anybody here. Today, if you're still in your sins, you are headed for a certain destruction 
For the Bible says the wrath of God is abiding on all those who are not in Christ. The Bible says this world is passing away. It will be destroyed by fire. A new heaven and earth is promised. But the world as you know it is doomed for destruction. And the only way to escape that destruction is to become a citizen of the kingdom and to submit to the king. The good news is the king is willing and ready to receive you now. The good news is the kingdom is here now and the king is ready to receive you now into his kingdom and to make you citizens of his kingdom, give you his righteousness and give you the right to every blessing that comes with his kingship. And so the question that should be uppermost in your mind right now is, am I in the kingdom? And how do I get into the kingdom? Have I heard the gospel of the grace of God? Have I believed it? Have I received it? Is Jesus my savior? Is Jesus my Lord? Have I received the forgiveness of sins that is freely given to all those who believe in him? Have you? Have you? You know, if you were on an airplane that you know for sure is doomed to crash into a mountain and to explode into a ball of fire, the only way to escape certain death is for you to get off that plane as quickly as you can. Because if you remain in it, you will be destroyed. If the plane is already in the air, hopefully you have a parachute and you know how to use one. If you did, you would use it. Because the only way to escape the certain destruction that is bound to happen when that plane hits the mountain is to get off that plane. Hear me, this world is under judgment. It's headed for destruction. The end will come, that is sure. The only way to escape is to get out of this world and get into the kingdom and to do it now. You who are watching and you who are here, today I bring you good news. The king is ready to welcome you into the kingdom. He is offering you citizenship in his kingdom on the basis of grace. He died for your sins. He was raised because God justified you in him. And today, as you hear his voice, today is the accepted time. Receive him now as your Savior and your Lord. And if you are here, because it's possible you're here this morning in this place, and you have not yet done that, do it now. Just pray with me. Say, Father God, I am a sinner, and I am under condemnation and the judgment of sin. My only hope of escape is to place my faith in the gospel of the grace of God. Today, Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God. You died for my sins. You shed your blood for me. God raised you from the dead. Your sacrifice was accepted. I receive you now as my Savior and as my Lord.
thank you for the gift of righteousness. I receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, I was, I'm already born again, but just praying that prayer made me feel I just got born again again. Say hallelujah. Amen. If you prayed that from your heart, you're in the kingdom now. Hallelujah. You're citizens of the kingdom now. All the rights of kingdom citizenship is yours. You have received the gift of righteousness. Wow. You don't have to seek the kingdom anymore. You have to now believe you're in the kingdom. And begin to grow in the knowledge of the king. Hallelujah. But here's the second invitation. And that's for all of us who are in the kingdom, have been in the kingdom, have believed this good news. And for that reason we're saved. Here is what should be on our minds. Who will go for us? Who may I send? The question that should be on your mind and mine is, Lord, here I am. Send me. Let me, by your grace, be an instrument by which this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the nations of the world. Send me. Use me to fulfill this prophecy. I pray in Jesus' name. He said, what can I do? You can go to Jerusalem. You can go to Samaria. You can be one of those going to the uttermost parts of the earth with the gospel. And if you can't go beyond your Jerusalem, then you can help others to go with your prayers, with your finances, with your gifts. You can be an instrument that God can use to fulfill prophecy. Church, I pray for you. I pray for myself. May God grant us the grace to become instruments far greater than we've ever been by whom and through whom this gospel will reach the world. In Jesus' name. That was weak. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Amen. If Hallelujah. You, if you received Christ, or if you want more information about the king and his kingdom, this is what you can do. You can text the word uh, M-A-F, M-A-F, to our church's number 301-588-8099. Text M-A-F to this number, and we will be able to respond to you and provide you with more information to help you begin to grow now in your relationship with the king. Say, Jesus, you're king, you're good, you're great, you're gracious, you're glorious in Jesus' name. Amen.